What I get on the inside is, is, is the Lord saying that He does what He does with, the, with forever in mind. Sometimes we might miss that. We do what we do for five minutes in mind. You know what I mean by that? Just a short, real short term. God's doing what He's doing in and to, towards us, and, uh, and He's doing it with eternity in mind. Not just the next year or the next 50 years, with eternity in mind. So some things that happen today are connected to forever. I know we can't, gra we can't grasp forever, uh, but God can. And He's working in us today. And some of the things that He'll say to us and the things that we do will have an impact on eternity. Amen. Sometimes staying in the presence of God and worshiping for an extra 10, 20, 30 minutes will, will impact your eternity. It'll impact decisions you make here. It'll impact your relationship with God. It'll be the driving force of things that, are, that will come in your life that with the absence of that extended or, or uh, you know, expressed time in His presence, you wouldn't be prepared and you'd miss some uh, real important decisions. Hallelujah. Let me say this while I'm talking, since I'm here. And... Uh, Thank you, Lord. Lean towards, uh, when you're around people you, you know and trust, I'm talking me right now, <laughs> uh, if that's the case. Amen. Lean towards, this is what's happening here is of God. Don't ever let yourself lean towards uh, the other side. Overly skeptic, skeptical or questioning. Lean towards God's doing something here. I can tell you specifically, for sure, that certain things that I do, that, that I, and, and other ministers do it the same thing, certain things that I do, I do not announce when I'm doing it that I heard from God specifically to do it. Amen. Not all things are set up. You know what I mean? dun da da Do-do-do! Everybody ready? Here comes. This is from God. You know, that would almost, you have to, Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. What if you don't have ears to hear? Then you're not going to get it. And I mean, even if you announce it, <clears throat> dun, 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 this is from the Lord, I think it still doesn't, doesn't land. So we have to be spiritually minded, but lean towards, if we're doing something, I wonder what, you're asking the question, I wonder what the Lord's doing here. Wonder what, wonder what, why God wants us to do this right now. Wonder why this word is being shared. Wonder why this encouragement. This, wonder why this is happening. But I always lean toward. I found myself do, uh, giving people uh, the benefit of the doubt, as we say sometimes. I've wondered at different times with different ministers, and I thought, why do they do that? I don't think I'd do that. Then I'll catch myself and I'll stop. I'll just stop before I judge them. And say, I don't really know what the Lord told them. He may have told them to do that. So if I think that's not the best idea or I would do it different, I'm just going to back off of that and say, I don't know what the Lord told them. He may have dealt with them specifically. They may be in perfect obedience to what he told them to do in their situation, that situation. You know, so in other words, uh, I want to default to, I'm going to trust the Lord to deal with people, to guide them. Amen. 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 
And what that'll help us do is to, is to receive and not cut off the flow. Praise God. One of my great desires in a service, and these, if I could broad brush these Wednesday night services, uh, my great desire is for people, all of us, individually to experience the glory of God. Hallelujah. Meaning, uh, more than learn something new, more than teaching, or more than any, any specific aspect of ministry, if I could just say it this way, I want you to experience God. I want us to swim around in the glory. Amen. I want us to stay with our mind fixed on Him long enough to where the place gets messed up. <laughs> Meaning, the presence of God becomes uh, even at times tangible. And in some situations, visible. All right? You see, the, the Word of God is um, replete with people experiencing Him. God, from the very beginning, wanted to reveal Himself, to make Himself known to people. The fact that probably a majority of people on planet Earth don't have a clue about spiritual matters or about God Himself or having an intimate relationship with Him is not because God wants it to be that way. It's because the principle, if you want Him, you have to look. If I'm looking over here and God's over there and I'm not even trying to see Him and understand Him and know His ways and know His will, I'm just interested in this over here. He's... He's not going to grab my head and yank it around. You know, he might be saying, hey, look over here, look over here. He might be, but he's not going to make it happen. And if if I'm staring this way the whole time and the Lord is over here, I'm not going to experience him until I look, right? But if I'll turn to him, that's that's when it begins. Amen. And so the fact that that so many people don't know the Lord or, how, or, or really have any experiences to speak of with God is not because it's the will of God or not because He's holding back. I know sometimes you, and I've been there, when people, you hear other people tell of you know, God speaking to them or God moving in their life or some glorious experience, and, and people think, wow, I want that, but that never happens in my life. You know, uh, be inspired by other people's you know, genuine stories. Be inspired to seek after the Lord. And because it's a personal relationship, your experience with Him won't match exactly someone else's. Because, you know, He's God and He's able to do this, you know, being like all-knowing and stuff and omniscient and all-powerful. He's able to tailor-make His relationship with you. And the way He speaks to you and moves in your life, you may experience Him in ways that'll, that blow other people's minds and they say, I want that too. Well, work it out on your own. Because, but he's real and he wants to show himself to you, just like he wants to show himself to other people. And if it looks different, fine. As long as it's not anti-truth, it's not contradicting the Bible, it's not, because that's not God, is what I'm saying. There are many spirits in this world, we have to judge all spirits, right? Yeah, if he comes with you with, to you with little new tablets and stuff, with a new Bible, mm-mm. Say, no, I'm judging this one is not God. <laughs> Angel of light, that's Satan, right? But when, it, when, it, when, it's, sorry, when it's in line with the, when the, with the Word of God, come on, let God show you great things. Amen. Again, the Scriptures are filled with, 
with people experiencing him. Even before the fall, after the fall, after the whole world had gone to hell, <laughs> pretty much as far as the whole world being full of sin and people not knowing the way, he would begin to show himself to people. Someone would look to him and he'd go, hi. <laughs> and blow people away with goodness and love and mercy, even before Jesus. God's presence would at times minister to people in such powerful ways. Yeah? Amen. Let me, let me grab my Biblia over here for a moment. And, uh, and I want to read a couple verses. Um, you, you don't need to turn. You, I mean, you can, you can turn to some of these, but uh, the glory of God is something that He wants to be shown and revealed. It shouldn't be a foreign concept to us. Yes, the glory of God is in all believers, but to experience God in His glory is something that, you know, the average Christian these days does not know anything about. And we can, and we ought to. We ought to experience Him. You know, if you read... Uh, about some of, some modern day moves of God, like many people are familiar with the early 1900s in L.A., uh, what's referred to as the Azusa Street Revival. Lots of glorious things happen. Uh, one thing that stands out to me is, uh, that sticks in my mind, is they talk about people would experience the glory of God in a cloud, would roll into their services, and the children would play in it. Meaning the, the cl glory cloud would be so thick they'd see it. And the kids would just play in the glory of God. I thought, that's cool. No matter what you think of it, I think that's cool. <laughs> and I think I want to get down there with the kids. <laughs> and play. <laughs> in, uh, in different uh, Old Testament passages, 1 Kings uh, 8, 11 the glory would come in so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. So the priests would do their, their duties as priests and sacrifices, and they would, they would have to stop. They, couldn't, they could not continue because the glory of God, this is, in, this is Old Covenant, no one's born again. <laughs> old Covenant, the glory of God would come and they wouldn't be able to function. They couldn't physically do their jobs. All right, and uh, uh, different different things. That this happened with Moses, Exodus forty thirty four. Then the the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tab tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested above it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. So, when the glory of God is manifest. It's a good idea not to be late, right? Because sometimes if you're not already in, you can't get in. Now, I've heard this. This is not only in Scripture, uh, but there's modern-day testimonies of people experiencing that where they couldn't get physically get into a room. The glory of God would manifest in a cloud. They, I don't know if you've ever heard uh, Kenneth E. Hagin's testimony of when he when he was a teenager and he had the deformed heart and a blood disease and he died and went to hell. 
And then on the way back, his third time back up, he was praying and got born again, jumped on his body and prayed out the rest of mid-sentence, picked up his salvation prayer. He was born again. Then he went up. And his room was filled with the glory of God. And he would tell that story years later. <laughs> and he didn't know this happened. But he was telling it on the radio. And his uh, mother, is his mother? Grandmother? And uh, sit, she said, well, you don't know this side of the story. We tried to get in your room, but we couldn't. There was a light and this cloud there. And they, couldn't, they phys physically couldn't get into the room. And at one point, she got back and got a run at it. <laughs> at the open door open door. She got to run at the open door and bounced off of it like a rubber ball. It, it was like this. Just the same. Same glory of God. Couldn't get into the room. If you're already in, sometimes the glory of God gets so strong that, well, you just can't do anything. Hallelujah. Let, let me, let me uh, par parenthetical thought this. Uh, one reason we should talk about these things and think about them is because there is there seems to be a connection between where we put our minds and what happens we certainly see a connection with teaching and preaching on healing and seeing healings manifest it's like people have asked before what why do people get healed at, at your church but not at our church whatever church that is I say well you know, my, my response was, well, how much does the pastors and stuff, how much do they, they teach about it? And how, how often do they lay hands on the sick? I said, well, they don't ever do that. Well, that shouldn't be a mystery. In other words, they're not given a word for God to confirm. Faith doesn't come into people's hearts for healing unless they hear about healing. Right? But when you'll preach it, God will confirm it. When you'll make it known, His will, His ways, and His power, He'll show up strong and do amazing things. And you can talk about any Bible subject, and they're all of similar uh, uh, experience. When you talk about them, it happens more. I remember one pastor saying, my church is full of, of people who are very committed, full of committed people. He said, you know, he said do you know why? It's because I preach on being committed a lot. <laughs> I thought that makes sense. He had very committed people because he always preached on it or would sneak it in there <laughs> just frequently. And you, get, you have a manifestation of that thing in people's hearts. When it comes to the, the, the move of the Spirit, the glory of God, uh, I don't mean it's so mechanical that, you know, we just quote this verse and boom. But I mean, if these things are on our mind, we're thinking about them, we're praying about them, we're... we're uh, delighting ourselves in the Lord in this way. We like the fact that He would do this. We're stirred up about the fact that He's done it before. And we're setting ourselves up for greater moves of God in, in, in our midst. Amen. Amen. And, so, and so one of the reasons we talk about anything is so that it'll manifest. So that God, when I say, and don't make it overly mechanical, it's, relationship, it's relational in nature, but if I'm interested in one of the things that God does and I'm seeking Him about that and talking about it and praying about it, and, and, well, he, it's His idea. We're not talking about, Lord, do something that I've come up with. Right. No, this was your idea, the whole glory cloud. I don't, we wouldn't even have thought of that. <laughs> you know, that you would come in with your divine presence in an atmosphere, in a church or at a place, and, and people couldn't even stand up. I, I, don't, I wouldn't know if I would have thought of that. It's kind of cool, though. 
<laughs> you know, we've had, uh, I've experienced the glory of God in certain ways at different times, um, and it's different than others have. But we've had times in, in these meetings where the glory of God is so strong that we can't speak. And so I've experienced that a couple of times. It's, it's interesting. What do you mean you can't speak? It's hard to explain. But it's like you just, I understand they couldn't minister. I, I get a glimpse of that. Like, I think I know what that's like, kind of. Maybe they were pinned to the floor. I don't know. Maybe they couldn't stand, as the King James Bible says. They couldn't stand to minister. I mean, glory to God sometimes will knock you down. And that's okay. And I've experienced that where, where it's like, <laughs> your mind is intact. <laughs> you know what you want to say, but you can't get it out. And it's okay. It's a sign sometimes. A sign and a wonder. Sometimes it's an experience with God. Amen. So Moses had that where he couldn't even enter, enter the, the, the building. One of the things you see frequently in a lot of these glory scriptures is the glory of God is bright, glistening. It's white. It's light. It's, you know, sometimes described brighter than the noonday sun. The glory of God. Uh, a heaven is a really bright place. But when we're there, we'll have glorified bodies and so forth. We'll be able to, you know, look at it. But I think if we were to just see the glory of God in the fullness with these eyes, we'd, we'd, we wouldn't be able to look. I know one of the things that some of you were probably there, but this, I don't know, it's a few years back now, but uh, we were, we were uh, debriefing after some Wednesday, Wednesday night service with uh, the Bible college students at that, at that time. And I don't remember what kind of service, if it was healing or you know, just a service like this. And someone testified that when they were being ministered or something, ministered to through laying on of hands, they said, they testified of this brightness that they were seeing. It was all bright. And it wasn't, you know, they're checking because, you know, not, you look at a light, you stare in one of these lights, it's going to be bright. But they, they, they said it wasn't that. It was different. It was just bright, this bright light. And what was interesting in that night is when they said that, when one person said it, it triggered everybody else who saw the same thing but didn't know that they should say anything. And others said the same thing. It was bright. Yes, I saw that too. Amen. Was, is, it, is anyone in here, could you raise your hand and say, I remember that? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. So, so several people, several people experienced that. Say, so what's that? Well, it's Bible. It's scriptural. Remember Paul, Saul on the road to Damascus? And they fell to the ground and the Lord spoke to him and, and they, they saw that bright light. Bright light from heaven. Ah, why a bright light? Well, the Lord's super bright. <laughs> and, and heaven is light. And there's no darkness at all. And it's one of the manifestations of the glory of God. Just like a cloud. Uh, sometimes the brightness of His glory is very real. Uh, when, in fact, we could, if you want to take just a minute, uh, we'll go to and, and look at the accounts, or one or two of them, of Jesus when He took Peter, James, and John up upon that mountain. Okay, you might be familiar with that, but uh, and look at uh, Luke, Luke chapter nine, Luke chapter nine. 
Say, by talking about this, are you trying to get it to happen? Of course. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. It, uh, this is, it's not just a formula. And it's not about seeking to see something. If you try to see things and I'm going to hear things and feel things. That's when we get in the sense realm and we can be deceived. Yeah. See, in all this, we just seek the Lord. We just love on Him. But knowing some of His ways, we open up. We open up our minds to the possibility. Okay? I'm not going to see them. I'm not going to go around looking at people and trying to see something. You know? <laughs> trying to see something. Did you see the cloud in there? Well, I'm, don't, don't get me wrong. I've looked before. I thought, man, the glory of God is here. You see anything? Because what, what, I, what I've experienced is sometimes God will show different people different things. And it's all the same events, but perceived differently by different people. In other words, I've been in services where I thought, well, there's the glory of God right there. Right there, there's the glory of God. And someone else will say, there's the glory of God. And then someone else will say, yeah, I see a cloud coming in. I'm thinking, I don't see a cloud. But I can tell you God is here. I can tell you the glory of God is manifest in this place, right? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I'm going to say, if you've been around these things for, for more than a minute, you've experienced that too. And you may have written it off because the, the experience wasn't, I fell out of my chair. The experience wasn't over the top or you saw something. You thought, well, it wasn't, you know, very big. I think it's bigger than you realize. <coughs> Amen. 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 Why are some people given to seeing angels or discerning of spirits as it's referred to in the scriptures? Why are some people given to seeing angels and not everybody else does? You know, like the one person said, uh, he, the one, one guy said he was ministering and he turned around and he looked where, where the singers would be. He said it was full of angels. And he was shocked by it. He was surprised. He turned around and said, whoa. And he said, when I did that, some lady in the back said, I see him too. <laughs> but nobody else did. But they were there. And the Lord opened a couple people's eyes to see him. How many think that's happening uh, a lot more than people see it? People see them, yeah. In Luke chapter 9, verse 28, now it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that he took, he, Jesus, took Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to pray. Uh, that's, by the way, that might be a, a, a key right there. Not just going up on the mountain to ski. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Do your skiing. But they were going up on the mountain to pray. To go to church to pray. In other words, I'm going to seek the Lord. That was their motive. That was their reason for going. I don't want to bypass any of these things. It's written there for a reason. Yeah. Well, we just went up to the mountain. Thought it'd be a good view. Thought we'd enjoy the cool air. No, no, they were going to pray. As he prayed. Oh, so they actually prayed when they got there. So it didn't just happen. Well, some people, things just happen. Well, some people pray. And that's key to making them happen. Say, well, I don't see anything like we we're talking about here. How much do you pray? If you're like the average Christian, okay, no, no condemnation, but it's not much. Most Christians don't pray a lot. Hallelujah. 
when's the last day that you didn't pray in tongues? I don't know when that day is for me. It's many decades. Many decades. Maybe many is too many. <laughs> it's been decades at least since there's been a day where I didn't pray in tongues at least some. That I can remember. I'm just saying, I'm the pastor. <laughs> I think you should pray. I think if you want to see God move in your life, you should pray more. In other words, spend time with Him. If, the, if we're in a service and we say, let's just praise the Lord without a song like we did. And I say, keep going. Don't stop. Keep going. Keep going. What if we do it for a half hour? Good. Without your mind leaving. Stay there. Stay there long enough, you'll experience God. Why? Well, because He wants you to experience Him. The absence of our experience with God is not because He's holding back. Okay. As He prayed, verse 29, the appearance of His face was altered, and His robe became white and glistening. What is that? That's the glory of God. His, ro his face changed. His robe became white and glistening. Uh, amen. Uh, have, have you ever seen people changed so quick where their face looked different? I've seen people get saved. And their life is a mess. And they receive Jesus and get filled with the Spirit. And, and you look at them, it's like, it's fit, they're physically changed. It's like, what happened to you? Look at that. It's like they're glowing. Anyway, Jesus didn't need to change, but he became glorious. Uh, verse 32, but Peter and those with him were heavy with sleep. And Anyone feel that way? <laughs> and when they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Then it happened as they were uh, parting from him that Peter said to Jesus, Master, uh, uh, it is good for us to be here and let us make three tabernacles, <laughs> one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. So those were the other guys there. Uh, not knowing what he said. So you can see one of the things, this manifestation of the glory, one of the impacts it can have on people is <laughs> they're a little bit overcome, overwhelmed, not even knowing what they're saying is just all we know is it's good to be here. <laughs> I want more services where I don't have anything to say but it's good to be here. <laughs> and everyone says, yep. <laughs> What'd you learn tonight at church? Well, I don't know. They didn't say anything. <laughs> but it was good to be there. <laughs> Explain that. I wanted to build a tent. <laughs> 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 Amen. I think it's true for a lot of services that you maybe didn't fill up a page of notes, didn't have a bunch of revelation, but you walked away saying, that was good to be there. What was good about it? Man, the atmosphere. Man, God was there. Man, the presence of the Lord. I'm, I'm just better. And I, I tell you, you are your best when you're in the presence of God. You are at your best. Your mind is sharper. Your body is strong. Your life is better. When you carry it going out, you know, like... Uh, in the old days, they used to have smoking sections in, air, in uh, not, well, airplanes too. I was thinking restaurants, but airplanes too. They used to have, can you imagine being, 
in the row right in front of the smoking section in the airplane. Can you imagine people, that's hard to even comprehend now, smoking on an airplane. Anyway, uh, how many know if you, if you were sitting in a restaurant or something by the smoking section, uh, when you left, you smell like you smoked? Don't you? You smell like the smoking section. You stink like the cigarette, right? And uh, why? Just because of proximity. You were in the area where that was happening and it got in you and your clothes and in your hair and, and so forth. The glory of God in a positive way can have that Im impact on us. Meaning, uh, we, not, we don't necessarily articulate, well, what did you get from the Lord? I don't know, but man, I'm just, I'm, he's on me. It's like, what is that? <laughs> You smell like heaven. <laughs> you smell like God. Yeah. And you go away. Someone said, what's the value of that? Well, I know when people, when people leave a church service thinking about God, that's a positive. When people leave and their, their prayer life goes up or they want to read the word more or they're nicer to people, even if it wasn't just, well, we read the love chapter, you know, we explained the love, that's good and right to do. But sometimes you can get some of those same, same results uh, from being in God's presence. Amen. Amen. I told you this like, just like a couple weeks ago, but I, I, I'll say it again because it fits what I'm saying. Um, sometime back, I was standing over here during worship, and I remember uh, the glory of God was manifest, at least in a measure, to a degree. I was just, whew, just loving it, just worshiping God. And I remember thinking, in the service, there was something that was wrong, technically, or on the screen, or somewhere I was looking, something was off that, you know, could, in my, the way my mind works, annoy me. And, uh, but I remember sitting there thinking, I don't even care. I didn't. I didn't even care. And I loved it. I loved it. I don't care. Yeah, someone's making a mistake. Big whoop-de-doo. The glory of God's here. I just love the Lord. That's, that's what happens when you're with him. I mean, no, if you're irritable, you need to get filled with the Spirit. If everything bugs you, you're not Spirit-filled. Not at the moment. I mean, you may speak in tongues or something, but you're not full right then. Right? And we, we recognize it because we're all that sometimes, aren't we at all? That sometimes we're all just kind of, you know, on edge and tired and something's not... If we recognize that and say, Lord, I need a refilling here. I need to stop thinking and start drinking. <laughs> right? Not alcohol. I'm talking drinking of the Spirit. I need to spend some time with the Lord where I get full where people are not so irritating anymore. Or just things in this world. You know, the craziness of this world where it can get to you. Time to go pray in tongues for an hour. Time to go worship the Lord. Time to go let prophecy flow out of your, your heart. Amen. Amen. Let the Lord's will. Let, you'll come out of there saying, oh, yeah, the world is messed up and people have problems and who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Amen. And not in an irresponsible way. And just you're dealing with it like God does. Yeah. Think about all that God knows. All he sees, and he who sits in the heavens shall laugh, according to the psalmist. That God knows all and sees all and sees all the junk that we couldn't even handle knowing all the things that he knows from a negative standpoint. And he's aware of it. 
And he's happy. He's a happy God. Yeah? So we can be that way. Well, I got problems. That's even more reason to get happy. To get filled with the Spirit once again. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. If you've never been filled with the Spirit, meaning you're saved, but you haven't been filled with the Spirit according to Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, which says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Uh, you can be filled tonight. So if you're thinking, I don't know what that's about. Well, you can just receive that tonight if you want. And then you can do this. Hallelujah. I was checking in my heart if that seemed good, and it seems good. So, well, it's always good, isn't it? It's never wrong. So they didn't know what he said. Peter didn't know what he was saying. Verse 34, while he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were fearful as they entered the cloud. Now, how many know God wasn't trying to scare them? But there is, this could be the response, or at least an initial response, to the glory of God in great magnitude. In great measure, when God's glory comes upon people, it is so shockingly powerful and pure and holy that when someone is like, ah, that's not surprising. It's like, man, this is awesome, almighty God. So if you ever find, if you ever feel that way, well, that's scriptural. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And we don't have to be afraid of the Lord hurting us. But I've ever, have you ever been in the ocean, like in California, with the big waves? Or other places, Hawaii or something, with big waves? You think, water is powerful. Now, that water is not out there to kill you. <laughs> it doesn't, it's just the, the enormity of the weight of those waves and so forth compared to our bodies. It, you know, we're a little ragdoll. <laughs> and uh, it's like fearsome in that, in, in that sense. And uh, the glory of God, ooh, man, it can have... This effect on people. Let, let me read. Can I read another one to you? Yes. Now you can read that in other, other gospel accounts. This is Second Chronicles five, uh, verse eleven. It came to pass when the priests came out of the most holy place, for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves without keeping to their divisions, and the Levites who who were the singers, all those of Asaph and he, Heman. Hey, man, Heman, and Jeduthun, uh, with their sons and their brethren, stood at the east end of the altar, clothed in white linen, having cymbals, stringed instruments, and harps, and with them 120 priests sounding the trumpets. So, what did the priests do? Some of them were trumpet players. 120 of them. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For He is good, for His mercy endures forever. So get the picture? All right, and this is not just, that's, I don't mean they just said that one time and they're done, but the trumpets, doo -doo -doo, they're playing, the cymbals, and there's music and loud noise. And, and, the, and what are the people saying? The Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. Amen. Maybe that's why that song came up in me that apparently some people don't know. <laughs> Do you all know that song? 
I think that's, it's a universal song that everyone knows. <laughs> Except for you guys. <laughs> I don't even know where it came from now. But that's what they, they were saying. And, the, you know, the fact that there's music, they're probably singing it too. That the house of the Lord, say they did this, that the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. So that the priests could not, continue, not, could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house. So, again, this is recorded for a reason. Say, well, how can we have this? Now, again, all I can see, they did this and God's glory came. What was the this? It was praising and magnifying and declaring who God is. It's not singing, woe is me. It's not singing, Lord, I'm broken. Lord, I'm just a wretch. Lord, I'm just a... It's not singing that kind of nonsense. That's not what brings the glory of God. Hmm? It's singing to Him and speaking about Him and saying, the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. Apparently, God likes that kind of song. Those, those kind of words. He likes instruments to play loud and celebratory to Him. He likes this. So how do you know He likes it? Because He visited these people in a dramatic and spectacular way. The glory of the Lord filled the place and they hit the dirt. Or the pavement or whatever. They hit the dust. They could not stand. They couldn't continue ministering. They couldn't do what they were doing. The glory, of, and, and how many know they're, they're not saying, get this off of me, get this off of me. You know, you're, you can't move, you can't speak, you can't do what you're doing, and you're loving every minute of it. It's the glory of God. Come on, it's the atmosphere of heaven. Yeah. How many think it's very possible that you could be running up to the, th the throne of Almighty God someday? I mean, just physically there in heaven going up to the throne, and you might have to bite the dust. Because <laughs> the weight of his, of his glory is just overwhelmingly good. I don't believe we'll be afraid, but we'll be in awe and wonder and saying, can I stay here for the first million years? Could I just... The more you are in the Spirit, the less you are aware of natural things. We've all experienced that probably to some degree for moments at least, where you're so distracted from this world, the glory of God, and time flies. Time flies. It happens sometimes in teaching. Uh, many times my Bible college classes, we got, get in such a flow Spirit of God is moving, and 50 minutes goes by, and I go, well, time's up, and we, everyone's, what? I like it when that happens, <laughs> instead of the whole time going, <sighs> <laughs> but you can get caught up in, in the glory of God to a degree, even in teaching, and you certainly can in prayer, in worship, in a service, and it's like, wow, we, we were in service for, for two hours? That seemed like half an hour. It's because you were more in the Spirit than the flesh. It's really our goal, because in, in being in the Spirit, you're, you're where God is. Amen. So this is what they did. 
And there are other verses and other passages that talk about these things with the Lord Jesus, with priests of the Old Testament and other people. They would see the Lord and His brightness would overshadow them and they would be uh, impacted and the places would be filled with the glory of God. What a good thing. Jesus experienced this. Say, why? I, I'm wondering maybe if, he, maybe if He needed to have those experiences. Jesus. Was it unnecessary? When Jesus experienced the glory of God on him? Maybe that's needed. Maybe, maybe it wasn't just needed by him, but he wanted Peter, James, and John to know that, to know about that. He wanted them to have that experience. If he wanted them to have it, maybe he wants us to have it. Say, so, well, what about the other disciples? How come they didn't have Well, I don't know everything they did experience or not experience. They didn't experience this. But if you study the Scriptures, you find Peter, James, and John seem to be closer to the Lord than everybody else. Right? He had the twelve, but in the twelve there was the three. Even within the three, at least John thought he was. You know, <laughs> John may have been closer to everyone else. John who called himself the one that Jesus loves. So maybe he, was, you know, he leaned on him at the supper, the last supper. And... Uh, well, apparently you can get close to the Lord if you want to. And when you're close to Him, He gives you extra experiences. Yeah? So we can be in the three. Can't we? You can be in the multitude. Or you can be one that pulls up close. You can be like Martha. And be busy about doing all the work. Sometimes work needs to be done. Or you can be like Mary. And say, I just want to listen to the Lord. I just want to hear what He has to say. I just want to pull up close. Amen? Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, thank You for what You're doing in here.